Here's a funny story. Are we ready for this funny story? Hold on, let me yes, record please. just in case it's really funny. Yes, please. <laughs> so I'm at a networking thing, right? And uh, is it recording? Yeah, I've been recording. <laughs> You're like, let me record. So I was just waiting for you because you I was playing it, it up. It was the okay. illusion of the audience. Um, great. <laughs> I was ready. Be okay. Careful. So I was at a networking thing a couple weeks ago, and our buddy Clint was there, and he introduced me. He's, oh, you got to meet my friend Mitch, and I was like, okay. And so he introduces me to Mitch, and we're talking about stuff and things. And Clint says something about, he's, yeah, when I'm on your show. And I was like, oh, he's because he he was talking to Mitch about girls who do stuff. And I was like, what do you mean when you're on your show? I'm going to be on your show. And I was like, but you're not on my calendar. What are you, what the fuck are you talking about? He's, no, when I had lunch with Sarah, Mitch and I are going to be on your show. And I was like, Clint, I understand you had lunch with Sarah. I understand Mitch has a coffee date coming up with Sarah. I get all of that. How does that translate to this time that you, he's like with Ed Dudley. And I was like, because Ed's date is on the calendar. Ed is the one that made the appointment. And I was like, so all of you are going to, I'm like, all three of them are coming in for the men's group. I'm really glad that you said that because I will let Joe know that we need to make sure we have all the headphones because there's going to be six of us here. (laughs) Who's on first conversation. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, next I'm going to be, I was like, I I finally fixed my online booking form. And so I have three shows that apparently are produced at Podcast Carry that I've booked. I have no idea who you are. (laughs) Looking forward to recording with you later today. Um, I don't don't know anything about this. has happened six times in the last couple of weeks. People are like, yeah, I'm on the calendar. And I'm I just try to fake it. Thanks for coming in. Uh, What are we talking about today? (laughs) Can we start the show now? Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And I'm Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is here. Joe is always Our here. Our amazing producer. Yes. We could not do this without him. It could literally, like, yeah. yes. He is our reason for being. Yes. <laughs> Facts. A little Facts. bit more. A little bit more. <laughs> Joe is the producer of Podcast Carry. You can find him at podcastcarry.com and book your own show. Five star review. Oh, it's so good. And that would be an interesting marketing tactic, which is helpful that we have a marketing person here today in in the hot seat in the studio. Hooray. No pressure at all. No pressure. Nope. So uh, today we have Christina Marino L. The, there's only one of her, though. There's not three people. <laughs> but is it, is it a three? Are you a three-name person? Am I a three? It is three names, right? Christina. And right. Well, but, but I am definitely one. Okay. I am a marketing and strategy consultant. I own a certified B Corporation consultancy called Noelling Co. If you've never heard of B Corps, that stands for benefit. And our whole mission is to pretty much amplify other badass mission-driven companies' mission. Right. Like we exist to help other companies do amazing things, great jobs and, you know, make the world a better place. That's what we specialize in. It's super fun. How do we do that? That's usually the next question. Like, actually, when I was starting this company, my husband's like, 
What do you sell, though? What is marketing? Like, other than annoying advertising, I'm like, I sell a PowerPoint, and then we do the things on the PowerPoint that we said we were going to do. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I sell a Google Doc, if that's the case. Strategery, right? (laughs) But we do make sure the strategery happens in real life. Yes. It's cool. And then sometimes we get to actually have, like, super analytical stuff. Because, like, the first thing we do, is it clear what the hell you do? Because if not... Yeah. Any money you spend isn't going to return anything. Yep. Because if people don't know what you do, which is a surprisingly large problem in business, mm-hmm. that's where we start. Mm-hmm. And there- Joe still doesn't know what I do. <laughs> I know you don't read. That was so good, Joe. <laughs> she likes to take naps. <laughs> um, But you're right. Like marketing is this like enigma, this amorphous blob. And I've asked my daughter before she's six and I'm like, can you what if your friends or your teacher asks you what mommy does, what do you say? And she's like, I don't know. I was like, oh, you go to work. Yeah. Yeah. You go. And and then I was like, where do I go? And she's you go. Oh, you take pictures sometimes. And I was like, yep, I do take pictures sometimes. And you work in an office. I was like, "Mm -hmm, yep, that's what I do. That's what you have. (laughs) I mean, that is legit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's good enough for now. So <laughs> That's good enough. Now that we know about your business and what you do, I want to know about you and who you are. She was a photographer. We're back-to-back photographers. Wow. We just had another uh, Jane Goodrich from Pixello, which is a new, like, CRM photography business management SaaS. It's a business-in-the-box cool. platform. It is a business-in-the-box platform for photographers. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so cool. I love photographers. He is a person. I'm like, oh, well, I'm a mom of a 10 month old. I think that's a good place to start. That's one of the reasons like if you I haven't slept in 10 months. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> that's why I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to be on a podcast. And what is going to come out of my mouth today? Like, like, <laughs> and is mom brain going to show up? Yeah. Yes. Mom yeah. brain never leaves. It you, doesn't. So, like yeah. we're used. To, yeah. Okay. That's how we run. The sh- that's how we roll. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's our show in a nutshell. Mom brain. The boy, girl, name. Yeah, her name is Aurora. Aurora Sloan. I know. Oh, that's good. Mm. Yeah, so Aurora, because it's a Roman goddess name. Mm -hmm. It is. Not the the princess. Don't get me wrong. Let me some Sleeping Beauty, but Roman goddess, I think it's cooler. Yeah, and Sloan, because it was a gender neutral corporate raider name. Sloan means corporate raider. So I was like, really? I don't know who this tiny human's going to be. Or she's she? going to be a badass. <laughs> she's going to be a badass goddess raider. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I love the name Sloan for yeah. a girl. Love I do. Love it. Was that yeah. on your list? No. <laughs> no. It wasn't on your list? Because I made my list when I was in high school for a girl name. Oh. And it came to me in a dream. I, so that's, I just didn't even use a list because I was like, this Mm-hmm. This is truth. It was not. I have two boys. I was, gonna say, I was waiting for her to <laughs> the dream slide. lied to me. Like, I'm telling you, it was past life. It wasn't this life. That's true. Oh, that's true. Or future. Possible. Next life. Yeah. No, because next life I'm not going to have children. I'm going to be a cool aunt and be like, bye. <laughs> Go to the grave. <laughs> I'm going to be traveling the world. And then the, the next thing I would use to describe me is I'm a nerd. Like, super nerd. So I started out as, I was never athletic, so I was a band nerd. I was, like, the queen of the band nerds in high school. I was a drum major. I don't know. This one time in band camp? Yes. (laughs) Right at the height of that. So that came up all the time. And I play flute. 
god that's hilarious that is yeah that was my coming of age was american pie yeah that's awesome so yeah that that i also went to band camp so yes yep yep (laughs) i did yay musical people did you spin the flags (gasps) no i was not a flag that's a lot of people spin flags were you a flag spinner (laughs) no no flags, no flags. But I did major in music in college, and I learned how to salsa dance. Nice. And I had an honors thesis. We're going to need that on our Insta before she leaves. <laughs> yeah. A little salsa move. I learned how to salsa because of Zumba. <laughs> Good choice. And then, but then there was another nerdy side. Someone, who was actually an ex-boyfriend, was like, hey, is music really going to be your career? Maybe you should, like, diversify. And because of that, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this thing called economics. And I... Weirdly became obsessed with economics. It's both psychology and analytic and studying like how the world works. And I just found that fascinating. And so now like that kind of brings me today. It's, I'm very much right brain, left brain. I like to understand how people work. I like to solve hard problems. And so basically I'm a nerd. Gotcha. Love yeah. it. She's a freakonomic. <laughs> yeah. But I'm um, Thank you. What's really interesting, and we've talked about this before, because and we talked about it even on the episode that we just recorded with uh, Scott Moore when we did the Colby indexes, and like how we started out in one place, and like the diversification as we grow and evolve as adults, and but Sarah's stayed within the realm of kind of the same thing, right? Like therapy to coaching, it's still very interpersonal, it's still very growth based, and all that thing. And then there's Jenny who started out in social work and went to marketing and photography and it's still the people part of it <laughs> yeah. right like it's understanding yeah. the people and that's like the that's the connector but the actual tasks on a day-to-day are highly different. i didn't stay in the lane my, no you didn't stay in the lane my either. degree is youth ministry and now you build like websites every, and produce like podcasts everybody and else and what i have found is that it's hard for people who have known me for a very long time to reconcile and that i'm not doing that thing that they identified me with anymore did you find that to be like a difficult thing when you were doing all the music and then went into the economics and then the photography and then the marketing. and <laughs> Oh my gosh. It was quite the journey. And the one thing that's been consistent really is like the music. Oh, I just remember I had to like, I was, I had a very beloved flute professor and I had to like have this crucial conversation where I'm like, oh, I'm not a musician. And he was like so crushed. But that's just it. You have got to follow your gut and figure out what lights you up every day. And that path for me, it, the story is so complicated. And that's one of the things I'm so passionate about now is we need to create more spaces where like people don't have to fit into a box. Yes. And it gets to reach. I mean, where it got most complicated is it was, oh my gosh, just now, like about four years ago when I just like on a Friday decided to quit my job and quit on a Monday. And to to follow my dream of being an entrepreneur, but without a plan. Right. <laughs> like I'd started taking photos and made my first money outside of a J-O-B. Mm-hmm. I'd made like maybe a few hundred bucks. And my husband's like, you can do it. That's good. But that still wasn't a plan. So the next year was just a shit show. I worked on a storytelling project where I interviewed 50 people who changed the world. We tried to start a podcast. What you do is very important. <laughs> We needed a producer so bad. Everyone needs a Joe. We needed a Joe so bad. I'm available for rent. (laughs) (laughs) 
If you're going to do a podcast, get yourself a Joe because, oh my gosh, like we, we made it. How many episodes in? I think we might have only published like three. <laughs> that was like a failure. <laughs> we were like, you know what? This isn't going to work for us. I'm like, we need to call it. It became a storytelling project. And I like summed it up in an article on how to design a life with purpose. And I called it a day. But from that process, what I realized is I was freelancing. I was doing photography. I took on a bunch of random gigs that all didn't make sense at the time. And what I realized is I'm like, I love, shocker, marketing and strategy. I liked going and working with this different companies. Mm-hmm. Being a consultant works really well because you get to work on different mm-hmm. projects. And and it also like aligns beautifully with my skill set. And it took time to figure out like, oh, how do you talk about that? Like, when is it time for someone to come paying me? Like my clients typically, if they're actually going to pay my bills, have product market fit and like have a business that kind of works. They just need to get it to the next level. But that took years and in that process, there were totally people like, what happened to Arc Benders, your storytelling project? And I'm like, I pivoted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but they were like, but no, like, what about it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, because oh. people have created their story for you. Yeah. And yeah. so then when you no longer fit their story for you, their brain has to create a whole new story. And not that's a bad thing. It's just the brain needs time to transition to tell me what is this new story so that I can still remain connected mm-hmm. and so that my brain still knows good, bad, safe, not safe. Yay. Boo. Sad. Well, and, and, and it's hard. I think it's really hard to be someone who can quickly pivot and who can mm-hmm. see the need in the market and just be like, somebody needs this. I'm going to create a whole thing around it. And it's, it is hard for other people when they're trying to fit you in their box. And that's what she said. And there's... I'm a- so glad you said it. <laughs> I tried to make eye contact with Sarah and realized quickly she doesn't watch The Office. <laughs> so that's why she wasn't meeting my gaze. I was like, did you hear that? <laughs> did you hear that? But I think it's really interesting. And I've seen that a lot in, in this entrepreneurial small business and the networking space where you meet someone and they're like, you're just doing too many new things. I can't keep up with you. And I'm like, I, okay. Here's why. Because a person is popping into my head. Not you, don't worry. I know, it's not me. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's because when it transitions so much so fast Mm -hmm. that lack of consistency then is I can't keep up it's a it's connected to trust on the deeper level Mm -hmm. of can I trust that this is what you're going to be doing for a good while can I trust to send people to you now because are you just going to change in a year just like when an applicant's coming in and their resume is I've only stayed at a company for a year I'm not trusting that that person's going to be with me in two years and I'm not investing all my time and energy and onboarding and training and and, and development for Mm -hmm. them if they're just going to up and leave. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, not that it's not about honoring it. I think for some people, it's Mm -hmm. not about honoring it. But then I think for others, it's also that it hits that trust factor and it's, well, wait, what's going on here? And even if you're doing the same thing, but it's just slightly evolved, it's not that I'm doing something different. Right. Like, in my business now, it's just that I've evolved it to really meet what the market has demanded. If this is going to be my niche, I'm going to be all in. And I think that's the thing, right? And it's not that by changing, you're doing something wrong or bad by no means. I'm just like, oh, when I see that, when I see somebody shifting and not even necessarily shifting in the same arena Mm -hmm. or the same, Mm -hmm. you know, genre of work, when they're like ping ponging here and I look at them and I'm like, oh, 
they're trying to discover. They're trying right. to discover their passion. They're trying to find their purpose. I mean, I changed my major yeah. five times. And there's nothing wrong no. with that. There's and I went back to the beginning that. so that I could just graduate. <laughs> like I just, just I just needed a liberal arts degree. Right. You think there's nothing wrong with that point of view of change when your kids are in their fourth year of college? Well, they'll be get, at that point they'll be paying for it for themselves. So, honey, there's nothing wrong with this. It's coming out of your bank account. Not mine. I still finished. I just had to. I just had to pick something so I could finish. But I mean, I want to pay for college like a drug dealer. Like first years on me. <laughs> for a little taste, is free. <laughs> but like my husband did, uh, was almost done with his electrical his master's in electrical engineering, and decided he didn't want to be an electrical engineer. He had one quarter left. Well, and um, I have mad respect for yeah. that because that he, takes a again, huge amount finished, of courage. Finished and then was like, I have this now and I can wire an electrical grid if you need me to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Because imagine if you were you felt like, oh, I can't. I'm going to be in the shoulds of, yep. well, I have to live up to other people's expectations. My parents invested all this money in me to get this degree. So now I have to do it. And then they're miserable. And it's a soul sucking because it's not in alignment. It's not yep. with their purpose. So to me, I have respect for that because you're having the courage. Yep. Did yep. you, Christina, did you have that, that like those moments of that you were shooting all over yourself and, and it was kind of like a mental mind fuck that. Shooting? Shooting. Okay. Shooting. <laughs> yeah. I looked down for a second yeah. and I was like, I didn't hear that part. Of the <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of it goes back to me. Like when I graduated UNC and I moved to Atlanta for a healthcare consulting job after interning on Wall Street, y'all. I was like, I came back. I was super traumatized. It was like, oh, wait. And I was like, I just want to be able to sleep well at night. Healthcare seems nice. You help people. <laughs> but it was, oh, my gosh. It was. And 2008 and healthcare was a hard time because, remember, the ACA had passed uh, or was in the process of passing. And they were implementing all of the policies as part of And so hospitals had to get ready for when it was going to be implemented. Yep. And so it was a and it was the recession and it was like that was a crazy time in healthcare. I know because I was there. It was such a crazy <laughs> time in general. Yeah. Yeah. And I had been raised as you go to college and you graduate and you get a respectable corporate yes. job. You had a almost nearly 4.0 and become like a perfectionist. And so it's like, hey, you landed this decent paying job in the middle of a recession. And this is so great. You are for you. so lucky. Oh, my God. You're so fortunate. <laughs> and then, yeah. And they're like, soul is dying inside. Right. <laughs> yes. By week two, I was like, what did I sign up for? What is this? I was in it was snowing in Indiana. And we, the way they trained us is we had to call insurance companies and try to get money back that was due to hospitals. And I was like, can I speak to your manager? And they're like, we don't understand what you're talking about. No. And I was just like living on hold. And then I was being creative and chatting up the customer service reps. And then I was told by week three of my job that I was giggly and unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Because you were building relationships so yes. that you could get the money easier for the hospitals. <laughs> yes. Which is, that's where that trust thing comes from. Because my role, yeah. I was talking to insurance companies to ask for more time. Mm. And so I had to build relationships with these people to talk about so that they would know when I called them at four o'clock on a Friday to be like, all right, Jenny, I'll give you three more days. Just like that. I was serious. (laughs) But it wasn't like I wasn't just pulling the wool over their eyes. That's a great social media description for yourself, too, though. Just 
giggly and unprofessional. <laughs> uh, we should all do that. We should just write our worst things we've ever heard from an employer. Like, but also, like, how messed up. On one hand, it's like, thank you so much for explaining, like, what professional, quote-unquote, culture is. And also, isn't that sexist? Right. If a guy had been laughing and chatting up the rep, would it have been called giggling? Yeah. No, it would have been, been called charming. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Well, I'm sorry. I am a blonde. Excuse me while I vomit. Yeah. Not about the blonde part. About the blonde. No, that, was to, that was to Sarah's yeah. point. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I look back at that and I'm like, oh my gosh. But anyways, learned a lot from that company. But what I realized is they were amazing about organization. They had a fantastic, like, operational excellency. Like, everything was planned in, like, a checklist down to the T. Mm-hmm. And I'm an entrepreneurial person. So I used to sing to myself, like, how do you the problem? Like, Christy. Like, I'm just like. <laughs> Yes, that is the best thing that I've heard in a while. I'm like, I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? I'm here? waiting for. It. Oh no, God! So get on it. Yeah, I don't... we need jingle music in the background because that needs to happen. I, I can't. I can't place that. Is that sound of music? Yeah. Yeah. Can you solve a problem? I'm like, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I was ballpark. I mean, yeah. you were. That you did good, Joe. You did good. Yeah. What did I do? I went to. I was like, okay, I'm gonna. I, I knew. I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. And the thing I was obsessed with that company was they had a corporate social responsibility program. Oh, how nice. I know. It was like an extracurricular. But I like hung out with this nonprofit that ships surplus medical supplies and save lives. And I'm like, look at these people saving lives. And I'm trying to get pennies back from insurance (laughs) Like, what the hell? So, yeah. So then I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. But I did have to call my parents and be like, just FYI, I'm going to position myself as I want to change the world. And I know that's going to scare you. And they're like, we're terrified. Like, how are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to live your life? And I'm like, you're just going to have to trust me. And I went and so many people told me I was naive. It was like two years of just blind faith that I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to have a career with a purpose. And I don't know how I'm going to make it happen. And I know there's not a lot of corporate social responsibility jobs. But I landed a dream internship at this nonprofit called B Lab, the actually the nonprofit behind the B Corp movement. Mm-hmm. I got paid for a summer to go audit ten different mission-driven companies, including Ben and Jerry. Oh, <laughs> right, yeah. I I didn't spend the summer big, but I did potentially hug like little garbage can of chocolate chunks <laughs> yeah, ice cream. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, yeah. and I but that was it for me. I was like, oh my gosh, here's this company. I got to interview employees about how it changed their lives. I got to see how it like contributed to the economy. They made amazing products. They sourced ethically. And so I saw like this ripple effect of what a business can have. And I'm like, oh man, like this is life. Like it's mm-hmm. the win-win. Like, yep. business has a huge role in our world. It's a huge force for good or evil. Mm-hmm. Why, why not join the rebellion? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Hang out with the Ben and Jerry's of the world. Yes. And now, flash forward. Oh, my God. It's almost been, like, I think 10 years. No, wait. I can't do math. 2014. And, yeah, now I get to, like, work with companies like that or with more traditional companies that are open-minded to that kind of thing. Yes. Because, yeah, when she was like B Corp, I'm looking at her like she had two faces. I'm like, what is she talking about? Um, <laughs> the and, benefit. And why wasn't that an option when I was working and filling out? I would like, why? 
What? I don't understand that. It's like Patagonia and like yeah. REI and like companies that. So then what are the qualifications? So it's a certification. That's how it started. Mm-hmm. It was started by three friends who they built and one. I don't know. if you Yes. Know yep. Yeah. They had built and scaled like a traditional startup and it was badass, but they felt like they built a really good company. And when they sold, a lot of their really great practices were stripped out by the buyer. And so, of course, they like took some time off and were like, what do we do with the next phase of our career? And they're like, it's bullshit, the capitalism. We literally live the capitalism dream. Mm-hmm. Like we built something, we sold it, we yep. made a lot of money. But like, why can't we redefine success in business? So they set out to go, God bless them for taking on the task of they formed a nonprofit. So it was trustworthy. And they, you take this rigorous, very rigorous, I'm eye rolling because it's very intense. It is no joke. It is very Mm -hmm. intense to become a certified B Corp. But you have to get a score of 80 out of 200. And then you have to change your corporate governance agreement to say that you will maximize stakeholder value, not shareholder value. And Mm -hmm. you can be held accountable for that. Mm -hmm. And so what they built is this system for helping improve transparency, accountability, and redefining success in business through this movement. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to like a life-changing internship at this nonprofit, like pretty early on in that movement. Mm -hmm. Like I think it was before there were like a thousand and now there's almost 4,000. And now it went from being a certification to also there's a legal corporate form, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is where shit gets confusing. People are like, no, but is it a certification? Right. Or is it how I like incorporate? It's mm-hmm. both. It's both. And yep. they're slightly different. One's run by the state. One's run by a nonprofit. But gotcha. and you can be both. And you're supposed to be both mm-hmm. when possible. Hey, right. hey there. This is Sarah Madras of Sarah Madras Coaching. The mission of Sarah Madras Coaching is to build brave leaders who create courageous cultures. At SMC, our team is committed to equipping leaders, businesses, organizations, and teams with the mindset and courage skills to have really complicated conversations that you need to have but have been avoiding. Ready to work with us at Sarah Madras Coaching? Then you can check out our free Facebook group at Brave Leaders Dare to Lead. You can hire us to come in and facilitate trainings and workshops within your organization, or you can do one-on-one coaching and leadership development with me over here at sarahmadras.com. Most business leaders won't get it, but I know you will if you learn to trust your team. Trust is money. I dare you to lead. Who are some of the companies that you work with then? Who are some of your clients? One of my longest that brought me on when I was that confused freelancer way back when is my friend's company, Unity Web Agency. They are an amazing web agency that specializes in creating accessible websites. So truly, yep. yeah, like mm-hmm. making it so anybody can access your website. And they brought me on like years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like met at a B Corp event and we shared our stories of not great work environments. And we talked about what did we want for the future? So mm-hmm. I've been working with them for a while. Because I'm like, it sounds like these are my people, but I didn't yeah. even know they existed and where are they and why can't I hang out with them? You can. There's like a happy hour next week. <laughs> okay. You're excited. Can we do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We got the Local Triangle. There's a website now. Nice. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. 
Come join us. Is that Raleigh founded? (laughs) Okay, here's what's going on in my head right now. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are like, ah, mission-driven. But you're talking about no. Socially consciously, social consciousness mission-driven. Right. Oh, no. Yep. You're like legit. Mm-hmm. You are you certified. Yes. I yep. like it, it. But it's important. Like on one hand, I'm like, I roll. It's like certified <sighs> organic. Yeah. Well, and that's actually what we say. So like E Corp certification is to an entire company what USDA organic certification is to milk. Yep. Yeah. Fair trade is to coffee, except instead of saying I have a great product, you're saying I have a great Company. company. Yeah. That means we take care of our employees. Yeah. We take care of the environment. We give back to the communities. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, my company gives away 5% of our profits every year. Cause, like, legit, it's making me think of all the people who are like, we are mission, blah, 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 social. Like, there's this one, specifically, this one huge now coach. And that's all I heard for years when I was first introduced to that coach into that organization is we are mission driven are and socially conscious and we are doing all this good mm-hmm. and their work culture is horrid. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. this, and the one is not matching the other. Right. And the employees <laughs> who are more empathic and more intuitive, who understand that the the organization's public face and the internal workings are not in alignment are the ones who are like, I'm not going to say the most disgruntled, but they're going to be the ones that are like, they're the problem child symptom in the family. You know what I mean? They're the mm-hmm. ones that are coming out and being like, this isn't right. I can't work in this environment. I oh, yeah, they're this. jumping overboard. If I don't even care, I'll have to swim. I'll swim miles. Or if they're in a position that they maybe they're in a situation where they can't leave the job. Right then they're the ones that then end up being like the problem child symptoms right. because there's, there's. So I'm disconnect. loving that there's like an actual, oh, it's real over there. Mm-hmm. It is real. And, and it's also complicated. What I've learned is having had so many complex work environments that it's just hard. People are hard and doing the right thing is really hard. Mm-hmm. Like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. And I think because the right thing becomes a spectrum. Yes. And that's the point. And what's great about the certification is even when I was an intern way back when, like, you can't say yes to everything. You right. can't do everything. But if you are going and taking this rigorous assessment, it is going to make you start thinking, OK, what can we do better? Mm-hmm. Like, Let's ask, start asking these questions and having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Let's think about how right. we operate and well, think about our commitment. And like Stonyfield Organic is a great example of this, right? Walmart wanted to put them on the shelf. And they came back and were like, but you have to now, we'll do it, but you need to make sure that all the milk on your shelves is RBST. And so there's a balance there. And so companies end up having the power Mm -hmm. against these big conglomerates because they can be like, you want our stuff? Okay, here's what we need you to do. And they did it because, and then, and then Stonyfield was bought by another. But this Chobani is another great example of the, the founder of Chobani's. I'd be surprised if he wasn't just giving away all the profits in the first five years anyway. And that's an example of a really mission-driven mindset that then trickles down to the rest of the organization. And man, I've been having a good time just going through their website and looking at the local companies that are certified B Corp. There's a good list on there. Most of them you probably wouldn't recognize because they're probably not common brands, but some of them you would, Counterculture Coffee, Larry Beans. The ones you recognize, you wouldn't be surprised that they're, they're in this category. But... Pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a pretty cool Baldwin Inn I hadn't heard of. A oh, marketing company. Cool. They do like commercials and a podcast. Ponysaurus. That was made by 
Yeah, they, they have some ads that I've seen that are pretty cool. Yeah. We're I speaking know. languages. I know. And I'm like, <laughs> I just want to be around those people. I, <laughs> Sarah's, I like, well, and that's the thing, right? Is that when you, I think it's hard for people who have been, and, it, and there's nothing malicious about the ignorance. They're just not, it's a lack of awareness because it was never put in front of them. When you learn about something that then makes that then drives you to take an action. So like my mom read this book that was called Beakless Bluebirds and Featherless Penguins. And the next thing we it's about a nun that rescued these baby bluebirds that had their be it is anyway, the, there was a nun that rescued these baby bluebirds. That's all I'm gonna say because I don't want to upset anybody. <laughs> Your book pitch has not made me want to read this so, book. <laughs> <laughs> The, so there, the bluebirds the, confuse the nuns for penguins. No, so the <laughs> so the English sparrow, right, is not a native bird. It was brought here, but and they are predatory birds. They take over nests and they, they attack other birds and kill them and then take their nests. And they do this to bluebirds who are typically more docile and whatever. So the sparrows Jack had sparrows. killed the sparrows. Like Jack Sparrow, they're pirate. Yeah, pirate. So they had um, killed the adult birds and rip the beaks off the babies and so she that's why it's beakless bluebirds and featherless penguins because she's and and so my mom read this book it was so inspired we have now uh, like within a month there were bluebird houses all around the house they were buying mealworms by the ten thousand and putting them in the refrigerator in the garage to keep them fresh and putting them out and feeding the bluebirds my mother would sit on the deck on the back deck with a super soaker and point the water gun and shoot the water gun at all the non-bluebirds. Oh, my God. So <laughs> funny, you, got, you got halfway through that sentence, and I said, I hope she says super soaker, and you can. Yeah. <laughs> Did you really think that in your head? Yeah. I thought, like, pellet gun would be funny, but funnier would be yeah. super soaker. They would sit outside. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yep. Soaker. They would take her with a super soaker. And you wait out. there, bird, after I get this thing pumped up. And they would call the bluebirds, and then they learn the bluebird call, and they would feed them multiple. And, but... Because they were so they would like feed them from their mouths, right? <laughs> oh, that, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they go that far. I don't know, Mom. Tell, <laughs> I love that you have to think about right? it. You're like, mm. yeah, Mom and Dad. When you listen to this, let us know how far you went to feed the bluebirds. But but that's the thing, right? They were so inspired by. She was just so inspired by this book that she read that literally made an entire household change. Of if they were away, we still had to go feed the bluebirds, and they didn't even live in the fucking house like I had to feed the parrot <laughs> the dogs and then go outside and feed the bluebirds and it it just became this thing this lifestyle thing because they and mm -hmm. they've been inspired by a lot of things and that's why we know stories about my childhood are pretty funny but aside from that I think that really speaks to what is it that inspires a person to make those changes and to commit make those commitments right because to be a socially conscious consumer is hard to be a socially conscious corporation mm -hmm is trying to climb a mountain. It's tricky. With a, yeah. It is tricky. And well, one of B-Lab's theory of change was can we start, we, they started for sure with the companies that were already doing it and then just formalizing it. And then kid, they wanted to start with the smaller ones and then carry it upwards. So their vision was like, one of the reasons that, like, one of the hardest things was to get companies to change their corporate governing agreement, especially if they had investors, but they were adamant about it because they're like, this mission-driven thing can't just be the founders. Like, it needs to be baked into your company, and if you scale and sell, it needs to stay mm -hmm. with it. What is amazing is Unilever, which is like this crazy yep. global conglomerate, 
They bought a bunch of B Corps. Yes, they have. Generation. They actually bought Ben Jerry's, which was super fun. Mm -hmm. They also talked a lot about that. <laughs> like they were like repainting the cows when we visited. <laughs> they were like, we overly we over corporatized the Ben and Jerry's <laughs> culture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But Ben and Jerry's was also then inspiring Unilever to change, change yep. how they think. And fun fact. Most of Unilever's growth, at least as of 2019, was being driven by their sustainable brands. So, yep. so the perk is I do think business leaders are going, oh, wait, talent is demanding this. Consumers are demanding this. And, and yeah. Yeah. And, and the large, so the whole like mergers and acquisition thing, right? You as that's like Stonyfield, you can hold and seventh generation and Ben and Jerry's and all of these. If you are a market disruptor and you can go out there and make a name for yourself and make the big guys go, huh. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we could acquire them. And you can say as part of the acquisition, yep. all of this must stay the same and or you're not going to and we're not going to sell to you. if that's, We are going to put this in the contract that this is how this is going to go and we can dictate and set this. So it's like putting them to task to say. But it's so interesting because that's why I haven't sold the counseling center is because I'm like, mm -mm, I do not want the culture is so you built a, an amazing team there, too. And so I'm like, heck no, I'm not doing that to my team. I'm not like, mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, that's not even a, and my husband's, maybe we should hear what the price is first. <laughs> and well, I'm like, or is there a responsible investor? Because I think of one of the stories that I found really inspiring is Danone, North America. They're a massive certified B Corp. They ended up acquiring Happy Baby Organics. And I feed my 10-month-old Happy mm -hmm. Baby Organics all the freaking time. Mm -hmm. Plum Organics was acquired by Campbell. I will say, start looking for that little tiny bee but with their dollars. And once you start doing it, you start seeing it everywhere. It's like when you buy a car, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, look, there's my car. And you see it mm -hmm. everywhere. Once you start seeing the B, the certified B Corp label, like mm -hmm. it's just it's in the same spot what the USDA organic label is. like. Yep. It sells a lot of places. And then you start doing things like, well, I need a jacket. So what does Patagonia have going on this year? Yep. What is 10 tree? They're my new favorite. They're like, they, I think they plant 10 trees for every clothing mm -hmm. item. You What's have? Bombas that gives buy a pair, get a pair. Tom's buy a pair, give a pair. Both B Corps. They're the, out there. They're big. And I think those that can. But if you can have your finger on the pulse of what is important to consumers, and you start out to structure, it's like what we were talking about before. If you, you put business first and this is how you're, this is the business that you're in, right? So if you put the socially conscious, you want, you're listening to what the consumers want. And then you build your company around that. You're going to go a lot farther than if you're just like grasping at straws as you're going along. You mentioned earlier that you set your, you have to position yourself to change the world. And I think this is a good way to do it through marketing because this is really the way the market works. Like you look at any big hurdle like organic food in Walmart. The only thing that's going to make Walmart change is if people want organic food. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then Walmart will switch to organic food yep. because now they're serving what people want. And the yep. only reason people found out that organic food was good was through marketing. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, that's mm -hmm. much better for us than non-organic. Right. You can get cancer or you can eat organic food. But organizations <laughs> or corporations, like I like to think of like Evil Corp, like they're oh, yeah. really motivated by doing the right thing. But if you can help people understand, and I think this works perfectly with what's been going on for the last five or six years is that people want to do business with a company that does business well. Like all of a sudden people do care about what the brands are doing. Mm -hmm. 
people like Tom's or some of the people you guys highlighted have gotten people like, oh, if I'm going to spend money on something, I'd rather mm-hmm. it go to somebody that also shares a point of view that I have. And because mm-hmm. they have an emotionally engaging and attractive mm-hmm. story. And I like, because I hadn't even it. heard of this, but there was no standardized way to be like, this company, we got Better Business Bureau, which is like other people don't think these guys are terrible, but that's all they are. Which yeah. is not the same. And when also like, there's good marketing and there's sketchy marketing. It's just so... And so for me, like, I'm obsessed with creating good jobs. And there's kind of two ways to do that. There's the people who work on the leaders mm-hmm. and the internal culture. And then there's, you've got to have growth. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't have profit, you can't take care of your people. Right. Like, you just can't. Like, right. you don't have the resources. You can create culture and flexibility, but still, like, it's the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm starving and don't have a roof over my head, like... I'm right. just going to be in survival mode. But if right. we want people to thrive, like, we do have to have successful companies. So it's all about shifting what do buyers care about, what stories are out there. And then it's shifting, like, how do companies get heard, but get heard in an authentic way and tell mm-hmm. their story in an authentic way. But also, yeah, I also yeah. think it's pretty brave for people to get certified B Corporation to volunteer to have a third party people basically yep. audit them. Mm-hmm. And well, check oh, out yeah. on whether or not they're doing what they say they're doing. <laughs> like, even trying to be certified B Corporation, I feel like your company deserves respect. What's really interesting <laughs> is that healthcare has been doing that for years and years because the Joint Commission is another. Well, they're super good at marketing healthcare. So good. <laughs> but that's, they weren't good at the marketing, but they're getting Baldridge. They're getting all of these. The, that's what I'm saying. The Joint Commission, Baldridge, and there's another one that I can't remember what it is. But they're getting all these extra certifications so that they can say they're providing world-class excellence, whatever. And now the marketing is supporting that. And that's how all of these hospital systems are acquiring the smaller hospitals because it's marketing. And that's where they get into the outpatient clinics. And then it becomes this whole web of yeah. one company. So... Pharmaceuticals got an up, uphill battle. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why the main theme of every ad I've ever seen for any pill thinks that my ultimate goal in life is to be able to kayak successfully. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. If only that was or well play enough tennis. to kayak. <laughs> yeah. I want to go play tennis. No, that's not. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you so much for this. It was like, I didn't know this existed. So this was very enlightening and informative and inspirational to me. And I'm so excited to know it because it's like, oh, there's people out there. You yep. Know? So I'm definitely looking forward to next Thursday. Tell our listeners how they can find you and connect with you, please. Yay. You can find me at noelandco.io. So that's N-O-E-L-A-N-D-C-O dot I. All right. What about your socials? Same thing? Oh, yeah. Social media. Find me on LinkedIn. Okay. Christina Marino. We were just <laughs> talking about that earlier. Yeah. I'm on Instagram, too. Christina right. Marino. Well, but but I'm, I ignore it more. Yes. Than LinkedIn. That's you put your energy. This is what I say. Number one thing with my clients is that when we're talking about content, you start with the platform where your people are, where you're going to get the biggest ROI, put all your energy there, and then it can go out from beyond that. Why did you tell me to get link or freaking IG then? Because. <laughs> lies. It's not lies. It's not lies, Sarah. <laughs> just fucking. It is not lies. And Katie would tell you the same thing. I'm not doing reels. Katie, you listening? <laughs> Sarah said she's not doing reels. Ha ha. <laughs> And Katie has a lot of jokes on Sarah. Uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. 
She's gonna, yeah. All right. Uh, she's a reminder. Yeah, we do. We digress. Um, anyway, but yeah, thank you so much for coming in today. This has been a great conversation. Really happy to have you. And yeah, so thanks for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And, and you, you do, do you, you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. Bye.